It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go off and running on this 31st day of October 2017. This is the horn. Head on dot live. That's where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time madcap multimedia extravaganza that is the horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, all time zones in between in the great globe round. Hi, I'm Bob. And it's Halloween. Probably the creepiest, scariest Halloween we've had in a very long time. It is, of course, Julius Geezer's first Halloween in the White House. I'm scared. How about you? Crack or treat. You know, this is radio. There's no video. So all masks and all costumes must be vocal and verbal. This is not the 31st of October 2017. No. This is October 31st, 2023. I actually had to go back in the calendar and figure out when the last Tuesday Halloween was. (laughs) That was a little weird. I'll probably be dysphoric for weeks over that. No, I won't. I'll I'll be fine. That was fun, just for a minute, just for a second. Did I fool anybody? Just wondering. I wasn't going to carry on with it for very long. No. Um. (sighs) No. Okay, maybe I should start the program over all over again now, because, well, especially with the podcast bunch. And they'll be like, what? <laughs> no, it's, uh, this, this is the horn, head on dot live. It's where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza. That's the horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m., Eastern Daylight Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, all time zones in between in the Great Globe Round, whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast. And if, in fact, you are listening to the podcast, well, please mash that like button, 
hit the subscribe button. Usually, sometimes it's represented by a little bell. Leave a comment on the algorithm so the lonely little deadly bored algorithms can go, hey, somebody's listening to that. And, and, and the algorithms will be ever so grateful. Uh, tell your friends and neighbors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if you are listening live and you're not completely disgusted with me for my little Halloween trick, uh, well, run on over to headon.live and click on, uh, click on, click on the chat room where you will be greeted by the early arrivers, Too Much Hutch, Ralphs, Squeaky, and Theo. And incapably moderated, incompetently moderated, uh, by yours truly, Roxanne. Uh, okay. Roxanne! <laughs> says Matt in San Francisco. Some warning, please. My brain can't take the bob whiplash. Where's my aspirin? I, Matt, when this first landed in my brain earlier today, it's like, Ow! Oh. <laughs> Oh, this is just silly. Uh, no, Ralph, Loon's not on the way. That wasn't a rerun. That was just me playing. Uh, Randy, oh no, Randy Radar, you got me. I had to refresh my browser. <laughs> but I mean, if you think about it, this is theater of the mind, right? And so, consequently, all costumes do have to be of an audio variety. Um, Lee in New York says, Happy Halloween. I thought, Robin, I thought you had to be away. Glad I didn't stop the stream. <laughs> Please forgive me. It's really, it's really the sum total and extent of my Halloween fun. But it, it was, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, everybody in the chat room's going, rerun! Luna Day! Baby must have come! Lol. <laughs> no, really, let me announce this again. This is the 31st day of October 2023. The program's live. Yeah. Roxanne! Thank you, Ralphs. Okay. So, uh, every program here at the Horn does begin with gratitude, and this program is no different. Um, so, uh, thanks go out. to uh, each and every one of our subscribers all month long, Patreon and PayPal alike, and our a la carte contributors. There are no 31st day of the month sub uh, subscribers because, well, PayPal just can't handle that. But um, anyway, where we stand now, Basically, we are, let's see, we are $20 away from fulfilling uh, Ralph's Here Comes Baby Luna challenge from yesterday. And that will get us down to $1,700 if somebody's got 20 And after that, yeah, we are uh, basically unfunded for a little over a week um, as we end this month. So I'm presuming the 20 bucks will roll in. And that'll mean we've got seventeen hundred dollars to go to end the uh, uh, end the month of October fully funded. 
We'll do the best. We'll do the best we can. But uh, let's see. I got a. I got a couple of notes to start the program. Uh, and by the way, I should tell you. Deliberately. Deliberately dropping back into the old Bob voice after a very long time with this one. That took some work. I mean, I don't just walk around talking like that anymore. It's, it, you know, there are surgeries out there and stuff that can, but I could never do that because it would it kind of end the program. So-called voice feminization surgery requires you to be quiet, as in not speaking for a month or more, depending on the methodology. And you can well imagine that's never going to happen. So, uh this is all just a matter of therapy, and it probably sounds better. Probably sounds better in person than it does on the radio. But I actually, I actually had to practice. I sat around the house doing something I used to do a long time ago. This is CNN. Welcome to Larry King Live. Huh. It was uh, it was a challenge, but thanks for putting up with my little attempt at humor and trick or treat. Uh, fooled, says Brandon. Uh, Brandon says, "Hello, Robin. Hey, Brandon. I'm laying due to a profoundly bad reaction to my latest COVID booster in bed, awaiting today's show, and then wham! God damn it! Bam! You blew everything up. All I can say is." Can you hear me yelling, bitch, from there? <laughs> Peace, lady. Brendan. Bitch. Uh, that was the, that was delightful. Thank you, Brendan. Honey, get, hope you get to feeling better real soon. Uh, and, you know, once you do feel better, at least you, you know you'll be better protected against the, the Trump virus than, uh, the maggots will be. Uh, thank you. Thank you to Robert. Thank you, Robert, for jumping in. And uh, thank you to Too Much Hutch. The beginning of a Halloween miracle, says Too Much Hutch. And so, Ralph's challenge is met, and we are now down below $1,700. We are at $1,690. Let's see, by $1,690, I think the second generation of one of my family branches had been Born in Roxbury, Massachusetts, so now there's always some sort of associational whatnot. Um, <laughs> your Dracula, oh my Dracula voice, yes. Hi, Ralphs. Blah. And that's the other thing. There's so many voices here anyway. I think it's I think it's a fair question to ask at, at any point in time. Which one's really me? That was actually a big question we answered over the course of me being in speech therapy. Which one is Robin? Because, I'm, you know, hey, look, I'm dancing. You know, all my imitation Warner Brothers, those aren't me. But, uh, yeah, I hope you got a giggle. I want to start out with a note from uh, uh, Cynthia. In the Bay Area. 
Subject line, oh dear, here we go. And this ties in with uh, with, a, with another story uh, that we'll probably do next. Richard Dawkins on transgenderism. I love it. I love it when my, my, my fundamental human nature becomes an ism. Yeah, you ever notice how it's uh, homosexuality, but it's lesbianism and transgenderism? Huh. Well, um, Cynthia says Dawkins, you know, who used to be a widely respected atheist, and we kind of, you know, some people, I was one of them, kind of like, well, he must be cool. He understands that, you know, God ain't real. And then he turned out to be a an Islamophobic asshole, and, well, now here's this. He apparently, Cynthia says, thinks that what we experience is illusion and that sexuality is set purely by our XX or XY chromosomes. He is a very smart man who is very wrong. Usually gender identity and sexual orientation line up with our chromosomes, but like with you and a ton of other people, they don't. And gender identity and sexual orientation are two completely different and utterly disconnected things, and they vary in spite of our chromosomes. His take on it is utterly too simplistic, and it is a lot more complicated than that, and you would think that he of all people would understand that. I don't know why I'm trans. Cynthia says, was there an error in the transcription of some protein expressed during my fetal development? Some hormonal imbalance, perhaps? I don't know, nor do I have to know in order to know the truth of my personal experience. Dawkins does great harm here by empowering the stupid amongst us to have more reason to hate us. Oh, Cynthia, he knows exactly what he's doing. There's a good dollar in hating us and getting other people to hate us. It's a much better dollar than being a, 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 a an accepting and compassionate ally. Like you, I don't know why. I mean, I've got some guesses. I was born in 1963, and especially older moms-to-be were often given something called the ES, diethylstilbestrol. And that stuff was hell on little girl babies. It was almost guaranteed cancer uh, down the road for them. Um, nobody noticed that it really did anything to little boy babies, though. Except then later on they began to notice that a lot of them, a lot of little boy babies, were turning out to be trans. And mainly that's because, you know, mommy-to-be would be given this stuff after the, after things had sorted themselves out. Uh, in in the womb, and diethylsilvestrol tends to be it, well. It doesn't tend; it is a great big giant whopping dose of nuclear estrogen. Mm. And I was probably bathed in that because my mom was thirty-seven when I was conceived. And uh, I mean, that, there's that possibility. Um, you know, then then there was a there was an old uh, there was an old Warner Brothers cartoon where uh, a person with three heads that sort of dangled together walked past and, and and looked at the camera and broke the fourth wall and said, "Our mother was scared by a pawn shop sign." You know, the three dangling. Yeah. No way of knowing. 
but then again, to try to know, to try to know is to try to answer the unanswerable. And in a way, it's a pity to try to know, because to try to know suggests that there's something wrong with it. And that it's something that needs to be cured. When in fact, it's just another way of being human. Like being left-handed. Started out left-handed too, and the pencil kept getting put in my right hand, put in my right hand, put in my right hand, put in my right hand. Until I finally gave up and started writing right-handed. I think the same can be said of my gender identity. Kept handing me footballs, handing me baseballs, handing me basketballs, handing me bats, handing me helmets. Still wanted to go to ballet with the other girls. But here we are. Um, Kay, uh, responding, says, Sigh. We don't ask to be non-binary and or trans. I can't believe we're still having this gender identity versus sexuality versus biological sex debate. This has already been solved by fucking scientists and people who happen to be non-binary and or trans like us. Oh, no, I'm already getting worked up. It's too early for that. Breathe, Kay. Breathe. Breathing in. Breathing in. Letting go now. Letting go now. Letting everything go. See how it works? Yeah. But but when people like Dawkins come along, as uh, Cynthia points out, by, bir- by virtue of being a uh, public intellectual, well, he makes it easier to hate us. And by definition, easier to hurt us and kill us. And apparently, there's some uh, some uh, some uh, um, grifter out there by the name of Helen Joyce, who's written a book called "Trans: When Ideology Meets Reality." I'm not an ideology. Cynthia is not an ideology. Kay is not an ideology. Miss Terry's not an ideology. Micah is not an ideology. And, 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 and no one who is is an ideology. We are human beings. And it is wholly inappropriate to debate our existence in the halls of power, in, uh, in, in, in uh, state legislatures or the Congress of the United States or the fucking courtrooms. Uh, dipshit Dawkins saying, sex really is binary. You're either male or female, and it's absolutely clear you can do it on gamete size. You can do it on chromosomes. You can do it in the road, Richard Dawkins. Fuck off, you 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 you, you reductionist freak. Yeah, because there he goes, just tossing the because uh, to- it happens every time, tossing the intersex people right under the bus. Oh, y'all don't even exist. Yeah, they do. (sighs) 
So, yeah. Thanks for the sour persimmons, dick. And that plays into that plays into something that I saw earlier on when I wasn't trying to figure out when the last October 31st was that fell on a Tuesday. And it comes from that birdcage wrapper, the uh, Washington Examiner, so take it for what it is, but it's a little more than curious to me. Oh, wait, what's, what's that? Lee? Lee says, which voice? It's all you. The Warner Brothers, the Nitwit Nero, the Turtle, the Mansion. Would you want to give them up forever? Your desire to imitate, mock, honor by sounding like the original is part of you. That will continue. Would you expect me to tell you to reject part of yourself? No. No, thank you. But they are all but but they are all characters, Lee, and that's that was the real that was the real challenge was finding the one that wasn't a character. And this is that one. It's a little softer, a little more breathy when I'm in public, but kinda hard to do that with a microphone. Next thing you know I sound up Happy birthday, Mr. President. No. Even that sounds like Cartman. Ah! But Chaya Ratchik you may recall, is a harridan who is behind the stochastic terrorist uh, web presence, Libs of TikTok. Now, she and her minions have, over the course of years... Tormented God alone knows how many trans people, gay people, curiously, not the same, sometimes, and just generally anybody that falls within her crosshairs. People have been doxxed, people have been um, swatted. People have been, had their lives threatened, had to move, had, yeah. She's a nightmare. And the, uh, the Anti-Defamation League maintains a list of, and they call it a glossary of extremism. And of course we know that the Anti-Defamation League is a a Jewish advocacy organization literally against the defamation of the Jewish people. And I generally am an ally with their efforts. But by way of an explanation, and it is extremely suspect to me, because A, it's coming from the Washington Examiner, and frankly, I think too much of our little parakeet to uh, line, line his cage with their material. And they, cre- they credit as an excuse, well, okay, so here's what's happened. Suddenly now, and Chaya Ratchik is uh, Chaya Ratchik is, is is Jewish. She has suddenly disappeared from the ADL's glossary of extremism. The Washington Examiner says it's because she threatened legal action. She could not have maintained any kind of prosecution 
in the face of the idea that truth is an absolute defense. She has done what, at one point in time, the ADL said she has done. But Chaya Ratchik is Jewish, and the ADL is Jewish, and also on their glossary of extremism is, wait for it, Hamas which I'm beginning to think I want to refer to sarcastically and uh, derisively as ham sandwich. Um, now, Chaya Ratchik has been catapulted, promoted, platformed by none other than Leon Scum, the derpy Batman villain and builder of dick rockets who owns the, uh, the, the the web platform formerly known as Twitter. But the other day she posted, uh, Reminder, the ADL has four days left to remove my name from their glossary of extremism and start focusing on what they were actually created for. At J. Greenblatt AD, the clock is ticking. That was last week. So then the ADL's chief legal officer, Stephen Scheinberg, wrote back in response to that bilge and said, As a preliminary matter, we disagree with your assertions that ADL has done anything defamatory or otherwise harmful to you. Our reporting and opinions are constitutionally protected, reflect your status as a public figure, and are accurate. At the same time, we are not immune to criticism of our work and take such feedback into consideration. Indeed, the glossary of extremism is an evolving resource and one we are presently reviewing in terms of brand, substance, and function, including examining the the mechanics of how materials are recommended to users. As a result, we will temporarily remove libs of TikTok from the glossary. former U.S. attorney to the District of Columbia, Joe DeGeneva, uh, referred to Jonathan Jean- Greenblatt as a joke uh, in response to the whole business with Chaya Ratchik. I'm not sure in what sense. But the irony... is not lost upon me. Because, of course, one of the primary targets of Chaya Ratchik has been the trans community, particularly trans women, who have done nothing to Chaya Ratchik. Not a damn thing but whom she has directed her stochastic terrorism so as to make their lives miserable for no reason other than Chaya Ratchik's own pocketbook.
And the fact that, well, Hamas was on the list, too, and Chaya Ratchik was on the list, and now Chaya Ratchik isn't? Yeah, barring Chaya Ratchik coming back onto the list, I'm going to feel like there was an ulterior motive. So, hmm. I guess in times like these you'll have that. Especially in times like these. Uh, it is, of course, and I, I kind of jumped right past it. Um, it's prayer meeting Wednesday. And we do have some prayer meeting Wednesday materials. I've already played my one Halloween trick, so I'm not going to do all the prayer meeting Wednesday shtick. But, um, well, let's check in here. Um, Never ceases to amaze me. How how parents will send their children to churches and then be entirely surprised when their kid gets sexually abused by some pervert Christian. It's just it's 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 almost definitional and so yet another good god fear and upstanding bible believing christ centered evangelical fundamentalist homosexual It has been caught. Ah, God, it gets so tiring. Fucking children. Because, of course, uh, this story comes from WGEM. And, uh, uh, Quincy mugshot courtesy of the Adams County Sheriff's Office and in particular in this instance A Quincy man who was a youth leader at Hope Lutheran Church in Quincy 
pleaded guilty Tuesday to two counts of criminal sexual abuse of a victim between the ages of 13 and 18. The charges are Class two felonies. Court records show that 22-year-old Isaiah Mickelson pleaded guilty to two of the seven total charges against him. One count of criminal sexual assault, two charges of child pornography, and two other counts of aggravated criminal sexual abuse were dropped as part of the plea agreement. Uh, He will be sentenced at 10 a.m. on the 17th day of November of this year. And I guarantee you, if you go over into the right-wing sewer part of uh, that microblogging platform formerly known as Twitter, it'll be crickets about Isaiah Mickelson. Because he's a Christian. Right? Right. We don't know, and it's somewhat immaterial, really. We don't know if he was fucking a little boy or fucking a little girl. We just know that the victim was somewhere between the ages of 13 and 18. And, of course, he did it in the name of Jesus. And Chaya Ratchik has never said a word about him. And then there's, uh, it, while we're at it, just a reminder of, 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 of the, you know, who it is that, that, that uh, the, the, who these people are who deem themselves the spiritual leaders of a miracle. You know, the kind of people that say Mullah Mike Johnson pals around with. Let's go to Kansas City, shall we? Going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. Well, Kansas City is home to something called IHOP. No, no, not the International House of Pancakes. No. It's the International House of Prayer. And it was led, has been led for years, by a guy named Mike Bickle. Uh, who, of course, is a deeply committed man of God and a Christian who is trying to bring the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to the heathens. Yeah, except the homosexuals and the transes. They can burn in hell. Well, uh, two former leaders of Bickle's organization... Uh, are uh, Dwayne Roberts and Brian Kim. And they dropped the dime on Mike Bickle. Uh, Alongside uh, uh, Reverend Wes Martin, they have have said that uh, Mike, Mike Bickle used his position to sexually abuse several women. And the three men also said there were serious allegations span... Jesus Christ. 
No, he's not any help. Spanning several decades, the victims at the, thus far remain nameless. But uh, Martin, Robertson, Kim said that the multiple women are credible, trustworthy, and courageous. None of these victims had any intention to punish Mike Vickle, and they had nothing to gain by sharing their experiences except the pursuit of truth, repentance, mercy, and grace. Well, I mean, come on, fellas. How about a little prison time? But somebody apparently tipped off Mike Bickle. Because uh, when he took to the pulpit 11 days ago, he seemed to be... uh, a mite worried? Uh, the sermon was uh, in three parts. An urgent prophetic call to engage in a threefold preemptive strike. Preemptive strike in the name of Jesus. That's curious. Agreed in the LEO. Worst IHOP ever. Why hasn't IHOP sued? A good uh, blessing, huge. But really, it's because of what happened to me yesterday. That's the bigger reason. And I had quite a day with the Holy Spirit yesterday. And you only get... Really? One or two of those maybe a year, sometimes one or two of those in a decade or two, but a very powerful day. And I'll give you just a snapshot of where it's going and then break it down. There's about five or six uh, components kind of moving parts to this. And so I'm at home and I'm watching uh, YouTube on Israel News, these kinds of things. And the phrase gets mentioned regularly, preemptive strike. And they're saying, you know, the Hamas is going to. Then the other chan- the other YouTube channel says, no, no, it's Iran's going to. And the other says, no, it's it's uh, Netanyahu and, and Israel. No, no, wait, it's Wait, wait, uh, there were multiple components? Four or five components? Components. Is that the word we're using for victims now? Anyway, pre-emptive, preemptive strike. And a little bit later, not just that moment, but... The Lord speaks clear to me and says, I have good news. I have a preemptive strike against the enemy's plan. And I have been planning this preemptive strike from before the ages. And it will succeed. And it will be covered with mercy and love and beauty. Well, the enemy's plan, and we'll get to it, most of you know it very well, but... Maybe not real deep. The Revelation 12, verse 10, very famous. Satan is called the accuser. This will seem like an exaggeration, but accusation is actually his number one tactic. It's not even fear. It's not even murder. It's accusation. We'll get there in a few minutes. A lot of folks know he uses it, but they don't realize it's actually number one in terms of his 
weapons against the body of Christ. And the Lord was downloading these things. Uh, I mean, download. I mean, they were touching my heart and becoming clear and clear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, uh, brother Pickle. <laughs> uh, the enemy, which is apparently another term for women who talk about the fact that he. Um, sexually abused women. Yeah, I guess he got he got tipped off. But of course, the the three guys at IHOP said the allegations. Well, uh, first of all, uh, they were they were they were shocked and surprised. Well, the accusations seemed out of character to the man we thought we knew, but they were so serious we could not ignore them. Uh, that's preacher speak for when our insurance gets involved, we want to make sure that we're not on the side of Mike Bickle. We are, in fact, covering our asses in the name of Jesus. Because, you know, it says right there in Flip Floppians uh, 669, cover thine asses. As a woman covereth her sin, her sinful hair in the church, lest they be found, lest thou be found liable. The allegations made about Mike Bickle's misconduct were sexual in nature, where the marriage covenant was not honored. Now remember, uh, a big proponent of covenant marriage, which makes it harder to get a damn divorce, uh, harder for the woman that is, uh, is. Uh, Mullah Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House. More on Mullah Mike in a minute because it's just drip, 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 drip with Mullah Mike. Uh, the marriage covenant was not honored. Uh, furthermore, the allegations made also reveal that Mike Bickle used his position of spiritual authority over the victims to manipulate them. Jesus wants you to blow me. Bend over, honey, in the name of Jesus. Uh, Matt in San Francisco pointing out, Brother Bickle, I'm sure his download history is interesting. And probably ungodly. Oh, I don't know, Matt. There's probably a lot of people in his download history saying, Oh, God! Oh, God! Oh, God! Jesus! Oh, God! I mean, really? If, if, if need be, we can just consider these to be reenactments. We do not share this process to fill in salacious details, the preachers went on, to protect, but to protect the integrity of the victims and their experiences that were shared. Well, boys, have you shared the integrity of their experiences with your local county prosecutor? Have you? Yeah, maybe. And, uh, Mike Bickle has been a gospel sharp and a hustler for literally decades. This is another one of those I miss Scott moments. He'd love this. It not, I mean, you know what I mean. Uh, over at the IHOP, they have round-the-clock prayer rooms, which means 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can go in and, and uh, of course... Because all these Venn diagrams are just freaking circles. Uh, 
We keep saying that, and it just keeps being true. Um, back when Nitwit Nero was not actually elected to the presidency, but won the presidency as a result of <sighs> a hateful anachronism from our bloody history of enslavement, well, Brother Pickle said that Trump going to the White House was a huge reprieve from heaven. Uh, how about that? Oh, by the way, uh, while we're at it, just real quick, like, God, you'll remember, told uh, former Vice President Mike Pencilnet-Geek to run for president. God, apparently, has a bigger sense of humor than I do. Now, this might be a nice time to direct... Uh, former Vice President Mike Pencil, that geek, uh, his attention to the shortest poem ever written by my favorite poet, Robert Frost, who wrote, Forgive, O Lord, my little jokes on thee, and I'll forgive thy great big one on me. Of course, Mike Pencil, that geek, has never made a little joke on the Lord. His entire life is a great big knee slapper with regard to the almighty <sighs> yeah but uh, they, they, no they don't want they don't want brother Bickle to attend any prayer meetings or preach any sermons or post any social media posts while they investigate all the multiple instances in which he used his spiritual authority uh, to uh, get in the panties of various married women in his disgusting tax-exempt grift. Mm, spiritual authority. Mm. Maybe that's a big part of it. Maybe if people would stop thinking that the Mike Bickles of the world or the Mike Johnsons of the world have spiritual authority just because they say they do, we wouldn't have so many of these problems. Now, that's not blaming the victim. That is blaming an entirely toxic system. Uh, Steve in New York apparently uh, didn't get the joke. Hey, Steve, are you live tonight? When I didn't hear you tonight right at 5, I figured Luna entered stage left. No, I'm right here. Uh, we just start, I just made it sound like a rerun as a Halloween trick. It was more effective than I thought it might be. Well, thank God we have religious freedom in the United States, so Mike Bickles, the Mike Bickles of the world, can use their spiritual authority. Uh, to have sexy time with you know, women who aren't his one man and one woman Christian marriage wife. Uh, there's another gospel sharp hustler who has some splaining to do, kinda, not really. Uh, oh, back to Mike Pencil, that geekly in New York says, uh, the. Lee says, uh, Pence misheard. God did not say run for president. 
God said run from the president and his followers. Dipshit, they brought a gallows. So in the wake of Jim Jackadoff Jordan not being the Speaker of the House, that created a bit of a problem for a maggot gospel sharp in Mississippi stand. And uh, this led to Shane Vaughn trying to talk his way out of a rather confining box. We've talked about Shane Vaughn before. He he, he runs a tax-exempt grift in Waveland, Mississippi, called First Harvest Ministries. And he proudly announced when Jim Jackadoff Jordan announced his candidacy for the Speaker of the House position that he, um, Shane Vaughn, was privy to Yahweh's plan for Nitwit Nero to take control of the House. And that Jim Jackadoff Jordan would be proxy for Nitwit Nero as speaker. So when it turned out that Mullah Mike Johnson was became speaker instead of Jim Jackadoff Jordan, well, Shane Vaughn turned around and said, uh, no, 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 Mike Johnson is Jim Jordan. Um, yeah, there, it's not like Jim Jordan. It is Jim Jordan. Oh, dear. He went on to say, uh, uh, they were so close that Johnson became a duplicate of Jim Jordan and went on to refer to the new mullah who runs the, runs the House of Representatives now as Mike Jordan. Now, Shane Vaughn is a real catch-him-with-a-butterfly-net kind of guy. Back in 2021, he said that the $1,400 stimulus checks that were uh, part of the American Rescue Plan, signed into law by Joe Biden, were really an offering, a love offering, I wish I was kidding, from Nitwit Nero. And then uh, he also pointed out, Shane Vaughn did, that he kind of wished... Uh, uh, this is back after Nitwit Nero got uh, selected by virtue of that aforementioned anachronism. Shane Vaughn said, uh, well, doggone it. It's just a pity that all this tension has brought up the fact that I did three years in the joint for insurance and bank fraud in Louisiana once. But then he found the Lord. 
and the Lord forgave him. Yeah, something, huh? Oh, this is, oh, how sweet, Steve. Today, Steve says, would have been my grandparents' 80th wedding anniversary. I know it's a modest challenge, but I'd like to offer an $8 challenge in their memory. Grandma and Grandpa both passed away in 2007. Oh, they were married a very long time, and I'm sure they loved each other very much, and I know you love them. So, if someone would like to help Steve remember his grandma and grandpa, um, $8 will do that, and that'll get us down to $1,676. As the saying goes among some people, uh, may their memory be for a blessing. Uh, we're not quite done. No. Because we got one more really disgusting guy. He is, of course, a Republican, naturally. In the history... Wait, Steve says, Mullah Mike is Jim Short is Jim Short's Jim? In the words of Bill Lumberg, Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you there. <laughs> Mullah is crazier than Jim Short's, but I'll give him credit that he's at least not Nambla adjacent at... Well, that just depends on how many more drip, drip, drips come out about Mullah Mike. And I would be lying if I said I don't think there's going to be a lot more drips because there was more drips today. Just got, uh, Ferg just sent me some pictures of him walking down the street in costume with my six-year-old granddaughter. They're off on their trick-or-treating. This makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. So anyway, uh, back, okay, for this we go to North Dakota, which is not South Dakota. And, of course, remember, Sioux Falls is in South Dakota, and Sioux City is in Iowa. And we know that, you know that, I know that. Even some maggots know that, but the one person who didn't know that is, of course, Nitwit Nero. But anyway, they have history in North Dakota, Sure. And in the history of the of the legislature of North Dakota, no one has ever been a member of that state senate longer than Ray Holmberg. Uh, Ray Holmberg is uh, was first elected to the North Dakota Senate in 1976. 
He's 79 years old, Ray Holmberg is. And he rose to considerable power in the North Dakota Senate, because that's what happens when you stick around for a long time. He became the the Senate Appropriations Committee chair, as well as the chair of the Legislative Management Committee, so... Any legislation that went through the North Dakota Senate had to go through Ray Holmberg? Well, Ray Holmberg, Ray Holmberg's legislative career is over. He is, of course, a good God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, homosexual, Christian Republican, as noted. He resigned this past spring, but Monday, and uh, a, a court unsealed an indictment. Oh my goodness, Ray Holmberg was a busy, dirty, perverted, sick, disgusting. Republican man, adding Republican, seems to over-describe him at that point. The indictment that was unsealed included a charge that he engaged in, Jesus Christ, this is disgusting, he engaged in travel with the intent to engage in illicit sexual activity, And that he received child pornography he had been texting for quite some time with a convicted sex offender. All of this was first reported by KFGO TV. He entered, of course, a not guilty plea. Two years previously, police and federal agents raided his home in Grand Forks, North Dakota. According to the findings of the grand jury, he traveled to the Czech Republic. Holmberg did. Between June of 2011 and November 2016, the reason he traveled to the Czech Republic was in order to engage in sex with a minor. And also in that span of time, between June of 2011 and November 2016, he received child pornography. Because, of course, he has Republican family values. So he's 79 in 2023, so that means he was 69 in 2013. 70 and 14, 70. So up to age 72. And he was 67 in June of 2011, thereabouts. 
So in good classic Republican fashion, he came toddling into the court using a cane, escorted by U.S. Marshals. And then, and, 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 as I read the story, I kept thinking, you know, we're probably going to see something like this in a few months with Nitwit Nero, because, well, we've been predicting it here for a while, you know, the plaid blanket, the wheelchair, the, the, the dribbles down his suit front, some oatmeal on his tie. I can't remember. U.S. Magistrate Alice Seneschal inquired of Holmberg whether he had any physical illnesses or disabilities that would keep him from comprehending the process going on around him as they as they proceeded. And his pettifogger, a guy named Mark Fries, said, Oh, uh, Your Honor, my client suffers from cog- some cognitive impairment, but I'll help him understand if he needs. And then Holmberg said, uh, none of my own ailments will keep me from understanding the proceedings. So the magistrate informed the longest-serving member of the North Dakota Senate. <laughs> Boy, were his constituents gullible. Uh, magistrate informed him that he's looking at a 30-year max on the sex tourism charge and a quarter of a mil- up to a quarter million dollars in fines and possible restitution to the victims. The child porn charge has a five-year mandatory minimum sentence. The max is 20 years, and a similar fine structure. The U.S. Attorney's Office said, well, shucks. Uh, let's let him go home on supervised release with an ankle bracelet. Yeah. But he can't have any guns. And he can't have any contact with any of his victims or any of the witnesses in the case. Yeah, he also can't have contact with anybody under the age of 18. And he can't go anywhere but Grand Forks, East Grand Forks, and Fargo for medical appointments and court dates only. Pre-trial services will monitor his use of the Internet, and he can only go on there for uh, specific reasons. Let's hope one of them isn't... Well, never mind. It's We moved into dinner, the uh, dinner hour in the Central Daylight Time Zone. And, of course, the longest-serving senator in the state of North Dakota, that that, that rock-ribbed Republican, Holmberg, uh, was savvy enough at the age of 67 to use the Internet to create aliases. At one point in time, according to the indictment, he referred to himself as Sean Evan and Sean Evans, But wait, because it's a, it's a disgusting Ginsu commercial. There's more. He got online 
and shared stories about the children he'd fucked in foreign countries with other perverts. And it looks like he, you know, he may be dead to rights because the uh, uh, child porn uh, convict that he was chatting with, texting with online, a fellow by the name of Nicholas Morgan de Rossier, well, he's pled out on seven counts of possession and distribution of child pornography. This goes back a ways, though. I mean, this is going to wind up on the Lifetime channel. Or Hallmark. Not Hallmark, please. Uh, Nicholas Morgan de Rossier, the child porn convict, seven counts, guilty, uh, ran a landscaping business. And in an evidentiary hearing in de Rossier's case, or de Rosier, I don't know, it came to light that his business partner was killed in a worksite accident while they were clearing snow at the residence of, huh, how about that, Ray Holmberg. DeRozier ran over his business partner multiple times. And apparently he and Holmberg collaborated in a a car ride on the way to Bismarck. Oh, and by the way, taxpayers may may have covered his his disgusting uh, pedophilia. Yeah. He took almost 70 out-of-state trips from 2013 to mid-April 22 to four dozen U.S. cities, not to mention China, Canada, Puerto Rico, and a number of European countries. For that, he was reimbursed by the taxpayers $126,000. Wonder how all the good, God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, homosexual, Christian Republicans feel about all the votes they cast for Ray Holmberg? Because you know they were told every election season. I have no doubt Ray Holmberg is a good Christian man doing the Lord's work there for all of us there in Bismarck, and we know that the Lord is speaking to him and leading him in the ways of righteousness. Got any more kitty pictures? I like those. Now, I have gone to the trouble of giving as many details about Ray Holmberg as I possibly could. I I wanted to make sure that we all understood that he was just a ramrod, straight arrow, Christian, heterosexual, white man. You know, the kind of man for whom 
the, the Republicans think the laws should be designed And I did considerable research on Ray Holmberg. Couldn't find a single picture of him in drag. Couldn't find him performing at a drag show. Couldn't find his coming out post about being trans. Couldn't find any stories of him being supportive of the LGBTQ plus community. None of those things. And yet there he is. Come on, say it with me. One, two, three. Groomer! Don't worry. This story won't show up on libs of TikTok either because Ray Holmberg isn't a lib. Ray Holmberg isn't a Democrat. Ray Holmberg isn't gay. Ray Holmberg isn't trans. Ray Holmberg isn't non-binary. Ray Holmberg isn't gender non-conforming or gender fluid or gender curious or gender experimental. He's a cisgender Christian white Republican man. And that's why he was fucking children. Don't expect to see this on, not that you're going to watch. Don't expect to see this on the Hannity job or testicle-toasting Tuckio Rose Carlson, masculine man of masculinity. Don't expect to hear this talked about in the manosphere of Joe Rogaine or squeaky little Castrato Ben Shapiro or uh, any of those goons. Don't expect anybody to ask Richard Dawkins about it. No, hell no. Now, now it, it's entirely possible that the Republican Party of North Dakota, Ray Holmberg, who? I never heard of the guy. Oh, he had a bunch of his signs every four or six years or whatever, but I never really met the guy. No, no. But you know, he's innocent until he's proven guilty. And you know, those little... Those little kids lie. They'll just lie and lie and lie. I, for one, oh, I, I, you know, we may not even hear how the, this case is resolved. But I swear to God, if those, if they find a way around those statutory mandatory minimums, because. Well, okay, so, okay, how might, a, uh, how might a plea work out? Well, there's a mandatory minimum of five years on the child porn charge. But the child sex tourism charge doesn't appear to have a mandatory minim- minimum, but it does have a 30-year max. So what kind of plea, ad- uh, what kind of plea agreement might the uh, U.S. attorney for... North Dakota work out on that. Well, drop the sex tourism charge, or drop the uh, child porn charge in exchange for the him pleading to the sex tourism charge, and then he just gets probation and goes home with an ankle monitor. Because, you know, he's 79 years old. God. 
God, he's been in the office the office since the 1970s. Can you imagine how many children he probably fucked? Are you nauseated yet? I'm sorry. But in a world where uh, where the Chaya rat, rat chicks uh, rail about groomers who aren't even groomers, where she weaponizes white nationalist, Christian nationalists, Nazis, white supremacists to show up and attack drag queen story hours. It's actually important to point out all of these heterosexual, God-fearing, white Christian men who can't keep their hands off of children. And it's a little like cockroaches. For everyone you see, there's probably a hundred more. And that, by God, that, that's terrifying. Uh, by the way, Robert says, uh, Rob says, uh, I always like your views on orientation. It's such a big issue because of the redumlicons needing people to hate. The worst are heterosexual males after a couple of drinks. Signed, raped by church youth leader, Rob. So sorry, Rob. I'm so sorry. Uh, child, child sexual assault is just... I, I try not to be a fan of the death penalty. But when it comes to that... I get a little, a lot conflicted. So that's pretty much the fellow robster. And a little more. Um, Steve in New York would appreciate it if someone would celebrate the 80th wedding anniversary of his grandparents with $8. That'll take us down to 1676 for our sought after um, end of October miracle. Oh, more pictures incoming. Um, little June bug. Little June bug is uh, for uh, her first Halloween where she's really kind of participating. Little June bug is Scrappy Doo. You know, Scooby's little nephew. Oh, and she's got the biggest smile on her face.
and my daughter-in-law is wearing her Morticia Adams dress with the with the scream mask. Uh, Mommy and Daddy both have their scream mask. It's actually charming. I should, uh, note, of course, oh, Ralphs, thank you for answering Steve's challenge. Thank you so much. So we're down to 1675. Thank you. Like I said, we are well into the second hour of the program. And this is Conversation Radio, and it is it is Halloween. And so if anybody wants to jump in and engage in some conversation, that would be lovely. Uh, the phone numbers, of course, uh, for any newbies out there. Hi, welcome to the welcome to the party. Eight four four. Eight four three four six seven six eight four four. The horn. And on Skype, Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, Kincaid Horn, K-I-N-C-A-I-D-H-O-R-N. Either one gets you in, easy as can be. And this is probably one of the most genial call-in programs in which to enjoy your first radio show phone call so by all means feel free now, where next uh, how about a little catch up see what I did there catch up no not on the walls uh, catching up with Nitwit Nero after the clip in yesterday's program of Bill Barr to prosecution saying you know I uh that's limited verbal skills. Well, once again, that sent uh, that, that that sent Nitwit, Nitwit Nero off to his rickety, perhaps not even soon to be his social media platform, Tripe Social, to post a tripe. Um. Apparently, Bill Barr to prosecution really got under the skin of his former boss. And it just posted insult after insult after insult saying that Bill Barr was a loser. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't have limited verbal skills. So now this moron says about me to get even, his verbal skills are limited. Well, that's one I haven't heard before. Tell that to the biggest political crowds in the history of politics by far. Bill Barr is a loser. Wow.
How's that for limited verbal skills? But behind all of this is a, a, a possible discovery, if that's the right word. Over at the publication Stat, Sharon Begley uh, did a study in 2017 of Trump's verbal skills. And she noted that... Um, once the 2016 campaign was underway, that he, well, perhaps in imitation of a famous Talking Heads album, stopped making sense. Stat reviewed decades of Trump's on-air interviews and compared them to Q&A sessions since his inauguration. The differences are striking and unmistakable, she said. Research has shown that changes in speaking style can result from cognitive decline. Stat, therefore, asked experts in neurolinguistics and cognitive assessment, as well as psychologists and psychiatrists, to compare Trump's speech from decades ago to that in 2017. They all agreed there had been a deterioration, and some said it could reflect changes in the health of Trump's brain. It sounds like he's somewhat you know, sensitive to all of that. Yeah, yeah, too sensitive. So I get the idea that here in the, for the for the immediate future we'll be learning, like I said, drip, 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 learning more and more and more about the man who has become the least experienced member of Congress ever to hold the position of Speaker of the House. And he's off and running, Mala Mike is. Everybody is on fire uh, to send some more bombs and missiles to Israel to drop on maybe an, uh, another refugee camp like they did today. They were looking for a Hamas commander and bombed several apartments full of civilians as a consequence. You know, bomb them all and let God sort them out. Uh, in point of fact, uh, this being prayer meeting Wednesday, I couldn't resist running off to Numbers, uh, the book of Numbers, uh, chapter 31, verses 17 and 18. Uh, this was another one of those moments when Moses sent the armies of the Lord out to do some slaughtering because they had some land to take over because God said so. Numbers 31, verses 17 and 18, the King James Version, of course, because God speaks Elizabethan English. Now, therefore, kill every male among the little ones and kill every woman that hath known man by lying with him. But all the women children that have not known a man by lying with him Keep alive for yourselves. In other words, take them home and rape them at the number six dance tonight. That's some serious Bronze Age brutality 
And yet here we are. So anyway, everybody's all burned up about going and sending Israel some more billions of dollars in bombs and missiles and rockets and bullets and various and sundry other weapons of war. And Mullah Mike Johnson is right there for it, but Mullah Mike Johnson is also a wild-eyed radical maggot. You know, they've been barking and grunting all along about Joe Biden's weaponizing the IRS to come after poor little, poor, poor little, uh, 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 put upon billionaires, and he's trying to weaponize the IRS. So there was actually some money in the Inflation Reduction Act, not for more IRS agents, but for more support staff and to make the IRS run more smoothly. And it has been a it's it, it's it's been a paranoid talking point among the maggots ever since. So yesterday, Mullah Mike cleared the way for a new Republican spending bill to come out that gives fourteen point three billion dollars in, in 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 emergency bombs and missiles to Israel, but at the same time pays for it by cutting IRS funding from the Inflation Reduction Act because the MAGA base must be served. Because, yeah, otherwise um, people might call him ugly names. Uh, in fact, I saw earlier today where he, M- Mullah Mike is being called a Democrat in sheep's clothing. He's a liberal. Oh really? It's some it's some it's some high level counter psyop bullshit. I thought I had the story saved. But apparently I don't. Hey, thank you, Dave and the Blind, also responding to Steve's uh, anniversary celebration. Thank you. And that gets us down to uh, 1668. No, 1667. Thank you, Dave. Um, uh, they said uh, well, I'm not sure about the message there Dave could you uh, clarify please 
Uh, Ralph says, Vol must be fed, but Vol is hungry. <sighs> so, of course, this morning I was watching my filthy morning habit. And I thought, I thought for a minute there that Joe was plumb going to have a baby. United States of America. In fact, Mike Johnson and Donald Trump together ran up debt more in four years than America did in its first 210 years of existence. That's how serious Mike Johnson was. Well, oh, we've got to pay for this. we got to pay for it. Did anybody, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't follow the news. I, I don't have to in the job I'm in. But did anybody ever hear Mike Johnson holding up a bill under Donald Trump because it wasn't paid for? And all of the $8 trillion, no, he's just up in the door. He's there, there. Just, 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 just drive the drive the the, the trucks through of, of of debt. One billion, two billion. Mike Johnson's three billion, four billion, five billion, six billion, seven billion, eight billion dollars. Mike Johnson and Donald Trump gave America in debt, and now suddenly he won't even help Jews protect themselves. It is so gross. And making it even grosser, he says, this is what we're going to do. We, we'll protect the Jews if you protect the billionaires. We want billionaire tax cheats to get away with stealing more money from the American people. So we'll let you protect the Jews, Joe Biden. But you have to let us protect our donors, our billionaire donors that are tax cheats. I've never truly heard of a dumber plan to start a speakership than to put Jews' life in danger so you can protect billionaire tax cheats. And he knows. He knows. This is never going to pass because they're not going to let billionaires continue to cheat on their taxes. He knows this. And yet... That's what he said. We'll, we'll let you, Joe Biden, protect the Jews. We'll let Democrats protect the Jews. But you've got to let us Republicans protect billionaire tax cheats. It's just so grotesque. It is not only politically dumb and grotesque. This is a guy who professes to be this ardent, practicing, moral Christian. So you're saying that we are not going to vote to protect not only Israelis, we are still having 240 people hostage there while we have this debate. And the debate is we're going to take care of our billionaires or we're going to not give the uh, money that you want for Israel. And by the way, democracy, we're not even going to discuss Ukraine. Take that off the table of dealing with fighting to, uh, to protect democracy in, in terms of Ukraine and Russia. Uh, this is his opening. Act. I mean, I didn't even get to Ukraine. He's basically said, let Vladimir Putin have his way. That's right. Let Vladimir Putin have his way. And if Hamas wants to have its way with the Jews, well, if we can't protect our billionaires, then let Hamas have their way with the Jews. Let the Ukrainians have their way. Because we know he's lying through his teeth when he talks about, like, we have too big of a debt. Because he didn't care when he and Donald Trump were running up the largest debt in American history. It's their debt. It's, it's a debt that they debt. created. So now you want to deal with your debt that you and Donald Trump, uh, who is clearly his hero, uh, that you created by saying, hostages, don't worry about it. I'm not worried about the safety of Israelis. 
And I'm not going to even deal with democracy to Ukraine. We've got to protect our billionaires. And you take care of the Israelis and the hostages. And Putin can have his way. This is his opening act as the Speaker of the House. And this is the new Speaker, Jonathan, saying, God. look, we're defunding the IRS, just like we chanted and talked about. But he's doing it as a condition of giving support to Israel. We should point out to our viewers, this isn't how this works, typically, no. that emergency funding or aid to an ally, you can negotiate the number up and down. That's reasonable and, and responsible. But to say, hold on a second. You're not getting that unless I get what I want on a pet domestic issue of taking money away from the IRS. It's it's a new thing for a new speaker. It truly is. And we're hearing buzzes like pay fors and offsets. Not that's not what this is. This is is two things. First of all, it's another effort to try to undo the debt ceiling deal that President Biden struck with Kevin McCarthy earlier in the year. It's to try to up to undo part of the Biden signature legislation from a year ago, which Republicans obviously opposed. It's also politically foolish to Joe's point, not just on national security issues, which of course that is paramount. Making you endangering Israeli lives and Ukrainian lives, but also even in terms of political gambit. It, we know the Republicans are supporting Israel. A lot of them have had real questions about Ukraine. Just make them separate. If they had simply said, hey, just vote on Israel, then you put Democrats in a box where are you going to actually oppose Israeli funding because there's not Ukraine attached? They didn't do that. Instead, they connected to this and the IRS defending billionaires. It is a political malpractice. Uh, and certainly, it also, White House just it gives Democrats an easy way out. They can oppose it, no problem. The White House just throws up their hands and say, this is not okay. We have to go back to the drawing board. That's what I don't understand, Michael Steele, that they're so stupid that they would actually, again, they would let the hostages just languish. They would let Joe Biden be the champion of Israel even more. Joe Biden wanting to get money to Israel and them blocking it, basically telling Israel and Jews to go to hell unless... They get something. Again, it's, it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling. No, Joe Biden, we're not we're not going to help you help Jews and help Israel unless you let billionaires cheat on their taxes, unless you gut the IRS so much that your billionaire friends like the, the Republicans, billionaire friends can cheat on their taxes. It's such malpractice. They're basically saying to Joe Biden. You side with Israel, we'll side with tax cheats. I'm sorry, I'm not good at this politics thing, but I don't think that's going to poll well in Wisconsin. Okay, Wisconsin. It's honestly kind of interesting to hear Joe get all high dudgeon about his former party. Again, slaughter the fatted calf, the prodigal has come home. Well, not really. And to be fair, this aired live, I was watching it when it happened. This aired live, and it was before the news broke, that American bombs, American munitions, had been used to slaughter a whole bunch more Palestinian civilians who were decidedly not Hamas just civilians in a refugee camp with nowhere to run. Because that's how refugee camps work. But, you know, can't make an omelet without killing some Palestinian civilians. Right?
we haven't heard from uh, uh, Curtsy and Kirsten Cinema in a while, but before that, uh, a little clarification from Dave and the Blind. Dave uh, jumping in on Steve's challenge said, what I said was yesterday was my parents' 59th wedding anniversary, or would have been, so Steve let us celebrate together. Nice. Thank you, Dave. Uh, but uh, we, it's been a while since we've heard from uh, Curtsy and Kirsten Cinema. And <laughs> it's weird to see her referred to as I A Z Independent. Uh, she bailed out on the party that uh, whose whose uh, rank and file and uh, working members actually put her into office. Well, news has come out that apparently she's become quite friendly with. Bishop Willard Romney. And, 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 and she has told him um, that if she gets bounced out of the Senate, and this is a quote, I don't care. I can go on any board I want to. I can be a college president. I can do anything. I saved the Senate filibuster by myself. I saved the Senate by myself. That's good enough for me. wonder how that plays with Joe to the mansion born, because he was saving the Senate single-handedly by saving the most anti-democratic element of it, uh, even before Curtsy and Kirsten got to the Senate. Saving the Senate. I mean, okay, let's be fair. If, as is a distinct possibility, if the Senate flips to the Republicans in 2024, Kel we're going to be glad the filibuster is still there until... Moscow Mitch McConnell wants to do something really odious and takes it away. <laughs> because that's that's what's going to make fools of Curtsy and Kirsten Cinema and Joe to the Mansion born. Because for all the howling about the filibuster and all the damage that it did to, to, to uh, attempts by the Biden administration and Nancy Pelosi's house to do good and decent things for the American people. Uh, when uh, Mitch McConnell, in the role of Lucy, pulls the football away and Charlie Brown, as played by the entire Democratic caucus, go, tries to kick said football and flies into the air and lands flat on his back yelling, Ah! <laughs> oh, there, uh, Joe to the mansion born in Kirsten, Curtsy and Kirsten Cinnamon, neither of whom may be in the Senate come January 2025, are going to look like very silly people.
But make no mistake, the presence of the filibuster prevented monumental and badly needed voting rights reform. And gutted Build Back Better. Cinema and Joe to the Mansion Born working together on that. And it's also worth remembering for the rest of her natural born days that at a time when for the first time in ages, perhaps ever, the Biden administration managed to reduce childhood food insecurity, childhood hunger, rumbling bellies at the end of the day and the beginning thereof. Joe Manchin and Kersey and Kirsten Cinema made sure that those children went back went back to going back to bed hungry again. Uh, there is, for those of you who are interested, and I'll try to get him on the program. For those of you who are interested, there is a primary challenger to Joe Manchin announced. Uh, he is a uh, Marine veteran. Uh, Joe, of course, has never heard a shot fired at anger. Uh, mansions don't do things like going to wars for their country. Because it would violate the first law of mansions. No mansion ever does anything that doesn't benefit someone named Mansion. His name is Zach Shrewsbury. I've met him. Um, he supported my candidacy in 2022. It's very nice of him. So, I don't know how that... I don't know how that will play. Manchin will probably win the primary. I would guess that Zach Shrewsbury will get something north of 40% of the Democratic primary vote if he doesn't win. So, uh, uh, maybe after uh, after a little Luna gets here and I'm a little bit more, well, a little less harried, uh, we'll do that. And yeah, we are we are at sixteen sixty seven on our quest for a finish the month of October fully funded quest. And in the ongoing saga of Mullah Mike, well. Uh, as a Christian Southern Baptist minister, it is no surprise that Mullah Mike has hired someone in his com- for his comms team who is a uh, huge liar, you know, just like Mullah Mike. You know, we had the quote from Mullah Mike yesterday where he said... Uh, he just disagrees with LGBTQ plus people's 
Lifestyle choice. I got a note from Micah. And she said, Lifestyle choice. I get them really getting sick of hearing lifestyle choice. Micah said, Trust me, I tried to choose. Goddess knows I fucking tried. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I think I get an A for effort. 40 plus years of refusing, suppressing, repressing, till it just became unbearable and undeniable. And suddenly I made a lifestyle choice. You're going to talk about all that stuff, Robin. Well, anyway, a liar has hired a liar. Raj Shah worked in the... uh, Nitwit Nero administration and uh, will probably be deputy chief of staff for communications for Mullah Mike. And according to a report by Alex Eisenstadt, he'll help run. Oh dear, we're going to need it. We're going to need some sodium pentothal for this one. He's going to run messaging for House Republicans. But he's got a lot of experience, Raj Shah does. I mean, for God's sakes, he spent four years as a senior VP for public affairs at Fox Corp. And that was only after he was a top comms creep in the Maggot White House. And, of course, he had previous grift experience to that, too, because he was research director at the RNC under Ronna Romney McDaniel. Always got to include that Romney so no one forgets who she's related to. Uh, Back during the campaign in 2016. Raj Shah, among other things, called Stormy Daniels a liar for saying that Uh, She got hush money paid to her for uh, keeping quiet about having had a tawdry affair with Julius Geezer and his mushroom. At the time, Raj Shah said, the president is the only one who has been consistent. Well, he consistently lied. I I mean, I guess that's the truth. And he left Fox News TV Radio Rwanda as a senior VP after he got caught in the middle of the whole Dominion Voting Systems uh, money hemorrhage because he was smack dab in the middle of pushing all the lies about Dominion Voting Systems. Posting over on uh, that website formerly known as Twitter, uh, a staffer by the name of Aaron Fritchner said, one of Donald Trump's first press hires in the White House and one of the most egregious liars who worked for him. They don't call this guy MAGA Mike Johnson for nothing, folks. Well, he, uh, uh, we, we, we call him Mullah Mike there, Aaron. Uh, use it in good health. 
Well, yeah, I'm, I've gotten ahead of myself. Time Warp Halloween Wednesday. Uh, Bill Rick says, I was wondering why you had so many religion stories tonight, because it's actually Titanic Halloween Tuesday. That's probably why you had Steve fooled about tonight's show being a rerun. If it were Wednesday, I'd have, I'd have nine ball tonight. Oh, dear. Maybe I did get ahead of myself. But when you've got that many perverts, it almost feels like a Wednesday, doesn't it? Why don't you come up to the lab and see what's on the slab? I see you shiver with anticipation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I th- no, I think I did get ahead of myself because I was thinking earlier that it was Wednesday. But that's okay. Wouldn't want him to go stale anyway. But it is Titanic Tuesday. You're absolutely right. And, and we, 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 take, we take notice of Titanic intellect when those days roll around. And so it was that this past Sunday, over on CBS, Margaret Brennan played host to Senator Jerk Deluxe Vance, the fake hillbilly, who was there to grunt and bray and ballyhoo about how he opposed any aid going to Gaza. Hilarity ensued what Leader McConnell talked about there and provide aid to them. Well, first, Leader McConnell is right, of course, that there are a lot of innocent people in Gaza. We certainly don't want to cause any harm to them. We also have to be, again, about what we can accomplish. Who delivers the humanitarian assistance? Fundamentally, Hamas is in control of the entire territory. So if you deliver a large amount of humanitarian assistance, who's it going to go to, the children in Gaza or to the Hamas fighters on the front line? I fear it's going to go to Hamas. The Red Cross, all the international organizations who have been there and administering and, frankly, stepping up because the government has failed the Palestinians people, in the words of a lot of analysts on both sides of the aisle. Stepping up, but I think there's still a lot of evidence with a lot of these international organizations that when we send aid into Gaza, a lot of it goes into the wrong hands. And that's what those of us who are critical of the president's posture are really worrying about. We don't want to basically fund two sides of the exact same conflict, fund Hamas, fund Israel. seems like a really bad deal for American taxpayers. Most of all, it's just stupid. Well, it's not aid to Hamas. It's aid to the Palestinian people. Sure, and, and look, a million it, of which are children. And if I could wave a magic wand and give aid to the Palestinian children, I will. But given the realities on the ground, I think if we divert resources to Gaza, it's going to fall in the wrong hands. So you don't trust any of the international organizations that are doing that right I, now? I don't trust Hamas on the ground, and I certainly think the international organizations, look, some of them are good people. Some of them actually have some compromised positions. We can't assume that just because it flows to an international organization, it's going to go to the kids and not to the fighters. You've been very very critical. Uh, shorter jerk deluxe Vance. Fuck him, Palestinian kids. I mean, it, it just it, it, jerk deluxe. Just go ahead and try and channel your inner Colonel Chivington at the Sand Creek Massacre. Uh, nits make lice, right, buddy? I mean, they're going to grow up and they're going to turn into Palestinian adults. Hate talking about this. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. 
Good God, half the half the population of Gaza is what? Under thirty? Because people aren't don't really do have a lot of chance to get much older than that. Of course, we're finding out now that a lot of seven-year-olds are having a hard time turning into eight-year-olds in Gaza. Good Lord. We've had a resignation in MAGA world. (laughs) And this one sort of loops back to uh, Ray Holmberg in North Dakota, Stan. Oops. The uh, North Dakota stand GOP no longer has an executive director. It only took two weeks for the new executive director of the North Dakota GOP to stop being the executive director of the North Dakota GOP. David Rettman uh, done quit. Uh, I believe the best path forward for the NDGOP is for me to take a different path. I wish them all the best. So with their longest serving state senator having been indicted for fucking children. Well, Dave Rettman apparently was no, 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 uh, I mean, granted he wasn't fucking children, but. Well. He was he 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 was no he was no prize either. Over at the uh, Forum of Fargo Moorhead, a reporter named Rob Port went looking at well Dave Rotman's social media history. And reported that he made dozens and dozens of ignorant social media posts. <laughs> Being generous, aren't you? Particularly fascinating to uh, Dave Rotman, former now resigned chairman of the North Dakota GOP, because, well, this isn't a surprise. He made comments about, uh, he made comments leering at scantily clad or undressed women. He made jokes about women making sandwiches. And then, because why not, just go for the whole trifecta, said that black folks should get out of America and move to Wakanda. Which, of course, is not a real country, but was the uh, home of Black Panther during the, the, well, I mean, made famous in the movie. When the story first came out, Dave wrote and said, well, I'm not going to apologize. I'm a man who stands by his words. Great. Stand by your racism. 
his uh, his uh, Twitter bio said, "I drink coffee and I know things." Yeah, like how to be a racist. And I wonder if he had any. I wonder if he had any advance news notice of uh, one of his one of what one of his most senior Republican senators there had been up to, you know, with children. I spent a lot of time talking about how good the heartland of America is. The Republicans do, and and how the liberal coastal elites. Ignore the goodness of the heartland and 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 and, and look down on flyover country. Now, there's a reason some people run the hell away from flyover country. Reckon there's just not a hell of a lot to do in North Dakota, Stan. I know that's not true. We have friends there. Have had friends there. Go and make me a sandwich. I wonder. Uh, I wonder what the different path Dave Roteman is going to take. It is. It's way too much to think that counsel for the parking garage, you know, Alina, habana, 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 listens to this program. But apparently something is occupying her mind. We've talked a lot about whether or not Nitwit Nero would ever go to prison. And some of that has been centered on the idea of, well, how how do you put a guy in prison who has a Secret Service detail? And the National Criminal Justice Association, back uh, a couple of months ago, said it sure would complicate things. Prisons are too crowded, and isolating Trump from the rest of a cell block may not be a realistic option. And Secret Service protection would sure be a complication. That can be withdrawn. A lot of people saying, no, he'll just wind up in house arrest. By God, if that's the case, I don't want to see his smiling face out in public for the rest of his natural born days. You know, sort of Reagan style. Uh, near, it's preying on his mind. He was in New Hampshire, Julius Geezer was, when he said, I could go to prison for 30 years just like Nelson Mandela. That may be the only positive comparison he's ever made to a person of color. But nonetheless, uh, 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 Alina Habana 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 isn't worried about that. 
at all. She said, uh, well, uh, she decided to unburden her, herself of what passes in her mind as thoughts over on Newsmuck. Same rules. Joining me now to discuss General Counsel and Legal Spokesman for Save America PAC, Alina Haba. Alina, you were in court with Donald Trump. He gave a ripping speech the other night, called you the Perry Mason in address for your uh, your takedown of... of uh... Uh, actually, no, he didn't. He called her... Petty Mason. Petty Mason. He put it in print. P-E-T-T-Y Mason. Well, let's don't get lost in the details. Dude's on a roll. One of their star, Letitia James's star witness. What happened in that trial? Uh, regarding Michael Cohen, yeah. we got him to admit um, under oath in an open court that he lied twice. And it shouldn't be surprising at this point. Um, you know, I have to be careful with what I say. Obviously, I'm sure. in the middle of a trial, but it's been widely reported and, and it did happen. It was a pretty epic day. So, That's all I'll say on that one. You know, d barring giving us any legal strategy, what is the Democrat strategy here? I think that's very obvious. I think that what you just spoke about spells it out, right? So they don't want him to win. This all has to do with one thing, and that's 2024. This does not have to do with some library boxes. This does not have to do with him saying, uh, go out there peacefully, peacefully and patriotically on January 6th. This does not have to do with him giving a statement of financial condition to mm. banks who made money and uh, profited off of giving him loans that were never in default. That just doesn't make sense because there is no there there. Right. This is all uh, political. This is all AGs, DAs trying to make a name for themselves, the Fannie Willis's of the world who nobody knew beforehand. And, Funny. you know, they will have a name for themselves. Unfortunately, when we win, it will not be a good one. Well, speaking of somebody trying to get a name for himself, Chris Christie spoke out on Morning Joe of all places hmm. about Trump's legal battle. Listen to what he said. This is deadly. It's done. He's going to be convicted. But it's over. Can't he run for president and put a delay, 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 delay and get out of it? Well, I don't think he can delay it. No, I, I, I don't have the impression that this district court judge in Washington um, is amenable to delay. I mean, this is the guy who gave us Christopher Ray, by the way. So don't get me started <laughs> on Chris Christie. I, I saw Chris Christie in a restaurant once and he told me, Alina, be nice to me. I'll never forget it. And it was before he had decided to run. Now I know why. Yeah. I'm not going to be that nice to you, Chris. Yeah. You're not doing well. He's not doing well. And he's his whole shit. Oh my God, right she's picked up Nero's speech patterns. About Trump. Frankly, just like Michael Cohen did. Yeah. You just piggyback and try and get a name for yourself, and it doesn't work. He's failed at many times in politics. He's going to fail again, clearly. And frankly, he should just drop out at this point, in my opinion. Well, I think so. Too. I mean, look, you have the former vice president who. <laughs> dropped out early, like couldn't hold a candle. I mean, it's pretty clear who the American people preferred. But, uh, you know, Trump sounded off, obviously, about the current Washington, uh, state of Washington. L listen to this. This is awesome. Washington, D.C., our once beautiful capital, has become a dirty, crime-ridden death trap that must be taken over and properly run by the federal government. It is and will be part of my election platform. We will clean it, renovate it, rebuild it, and most importantly, we will make it safe. Well, Lena, on that, though, you know, going even beyond just their their, their crime in the streets and the fact. But remember, he, he forgot about him referring to her as Petty Mason. 
when CVS took all their stuff off the shelves and just put, like, pictures mm-hmm. of their things. He's right, because you have radical left, like 90-something percent vote Democrat down there, radical left people in charge that are pushing these policies. Legally, you know, Trump's, how is he being tried there? How is that judge not recused herself based on previous statements of all the other January 6th defendants? There is a major problem with recusal motions, and I make recusal motions almost always because we do see a pattern of Democrat, um, you know, contributions historically or radical PACs that they support. Problem with these recusal motions is the judges themselves have to recuse themselves. So it's not somebody overseeing it. So you're asking me to recuse myself effectively as representing Trump. I'm going to say, no, I'm fully capable of doing it and I'll be impartial. It's not it's not a real situation. It's it's really optics and it never works. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, there's no way to appeal it. And it's a problem for us. That's why we have to fight. Let's talk about the gag orders real quick, because these things are just absolutely whack to me. Yeah, um, he's campaigning for. Yeah, they're whack to him because he has no comprehension of, you know, federal law. Obstruction of justice. Witness intimidation. They're whack, dude. Uh, this is, by the way, in case anyone was wondering, no one was. Uh, this is some dude bro named Carl Higby. President of the United States again, and they're putting gag orders on him to what he can and can't say about a trial that is actually fueling his campaign, raising millions of dollars on it. How is this? Could they even possibly throw him in jail? What would that look like? <laughs> he's protected by Secret Service, sure. period. So I always tell people when they're panicked, listen, he's protected by Secret Service, number one. Number two, he did nothing wrong. So when people go to jails because they've done something wrong, yep. do we have crooked situations in and out of court? Absolutely. Could they try? Probably, but it won't work because there is still trial process. There is still facts. And unfortunately, they're not going to win on the facts. Secret Service will always protect President Trump. That's the truth. They have to, wherever he is. No. But no. it's not an, It's not even something not. we think about, to be honest, because Counsel this is all political. It's, it's not. really not. He's, there's no criminal acts that he's done. There's no civil wrongs that he's done, unless making money for banks is a civil wrong all of a sudden. Orange man bad. I mean, that's, it's that's terrible. the problem. It's Trump derangement syndrome yeah. at its best. I'm not worried. Wait, did Carl Higby say orange man bad? So apparently over at Newsmuck, they even refer to him as the orange man. Mango Mussolini. Tangerine Tiberius. Clementine Caligula. Orange man bad. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the red light going off on the camera? How dare you refer to him as orange man? You know, if it's Trump derangement syndrome... Uh, that's 91 counts of Trump derangement syndrome arrived at by one, two, three. Wait, I'm, I'm going north to south. Uh, Southern District of New York. Yeah, four, four separate grand juries in four separate jurisdictions. That's a that's a hell of a kawinky dinky, ain't it? Uh, subject line: Gag me with a court order. Dave in the blind says, "I have a question. Why haven't the judges in many of these cases extended a gag order to the lawyers? I understand that uh, that uh, 
Havana, Havana, Havana has her issues, and God knows she has the right to represent her client, even if he's not paying for it. Good luck getting the fifteen grand out of him. Uh, there was a point in time where he didn't have any Secret Service protection this year, and that was when he was being booked in Fulton County, and he came out alive. Gee, do you think they might know how to handle prisoners there? All good questions from your buddy, Dave and the Blind. Again, Secret Service is under Treasury, and there is a statute that exists that says that Secret Service protection may be not shall be, but may be withdrawn. And it's a, it's a, it's a might. I mean, how could you possibly expect a Secret Service agent to be willing to go to president, uh, go to prison with a disgraced former president? Uh, these conservatives, Randy Radar says, were trained to lie with a straight face because they were trained by participating in poker games. I had a whole dorm room of them adjacent to my dorm room in college. They don't go to classes. They were up all night playing poker. Poker face. Suddenly now I've got the song by Lady Gaga stuck in my head, which is far better than having words by Alina Habana 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 stuck in my head. All he did was make money for banks. Honey, have you even read the indictment? And then, well, then this. Uh, Arnold says, gag me with a court order, baby. Which is curious because, once again, the horn hive mind uh, at work. It was 7.09 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time when Dave and the Blind said, gag me with a court order. It was 7.10 when Arnold said the same, gag me with a court order, baby. Y'all never cease to amaze me. Are y'all on the... F Do you guys get on the phone or something or hang out in Skype and I don't know it and you're just swapping lines? And uh, in, in uh, we were talking about four separate jurisdictions, four separate um, grand juries. Well, uh, Fulton County Judge Scott McAfee today ordered uh, the criminal complaints against Squidney, the Kraken lawyer Powell, and Ken, Mr. Rogers with a Xanax problem, Cheese Bro, and 
Jenna, what am I doing under the bus with Jesus? Ellis, unsealed. This is in the wake of the plea bargains that they've all three agreed to. In his order unsealing the criminal complaints, Judge McAfee said it is hard to conceive of a subject matter more pertinent to the public interest than a criminal case addressing the circumstances of a presidential election. He also unsealed Scott Hall, the bail bondsman's uh, complaint. And so uh, they will remain public, but Judge McAfee said that uh, the, the three dirty lawyers can renew their sealing request once they've been sentenced. And we all know that they're doing soft time, that is to say, no time. A little bit of other stuff here and there on this uh, Halloween 2023. Tricks and treats, I suppose. You know that somebody is just but awful when uh, Senate Minority Leader Moscow Mitch McConnell decides to slap one down. They had their Senate Republican Caucus lunch meeting. The sandwiches were all on white bread. There was lots of Miracle Whip involved. And, uh, Josh Hawlin ass, in a desperate attempt to retain his seat in the Senate, is trying to act all butch about Citizens United and says that he's, uh, and, and so McConnell went after him for attacking uh, Citizens United because uh, Moscow Mitch likes his dark money. Lucas Coons is a smart guy. He's hopes to be facing Josh Hollenass next November as his Democratic opponent, and said that the bill that Josh Hollenass, insurrectionist, has put forward is nothing more than a campaign prop. Because among other things, Josh Hollenass has been taking checks at the ma- maximum amount. From Citizens United itself. And so in telling off Josh Hall and ass, Mitch McConnell said to him, oh, Now, son, you need to understand something. The only reason in the world that you in the Senate at all is because of the Senate Leadership Fund. And we take all kinds of unregulated, unlimited contributions for candidates and campaigns. That's, that's how the scam works, boy. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy.
And because he does, you know, remember, uh, Moscow Mitch's autobiography is titled The Long Game. And he said, uh, if, if you if you dumbasses sign on to this bill, talking to members of his own caucus, y'all all going to get challenged from the right in the primary. And it turns out uh, Koontz is right because the bill targets corporations, but it leaves untouched the <clears throat> nonprofits <clears throat> that do the exact same thing. And so it would just be a matter of creating another bullshit shell, cor- you know, shell entity to funnel the money through. Earlier today, the House Ethics Committee released a statement. And they said that uh, they've developed a damn mountain of evidence against George Anthony DeVolder. I need a list of monarchs. Uh, Pericles Santos. Pursuant to Committee Rule 7, the chairman and ranking member of the Committee on Ethics determined on October 31, 2023, to release the following statement. On February 28, 2023, the committee voted to establish an investigative subcommittee to review allegations involving Representative George Santos. The ISC is continuing to expeditiously review the allegations during the pendency of a related criminal prosecution. The jurisdiction of the ISC includes 23, yeah, here we go. This is the aforementioned mountain. 23 counts charged over two indictments as well as multiple allegations of criminal and ethical violations that are beyond the scope of the indictments. Wow. Specifically, the ISC has reviewed allegations that Representative Santos engaged in unlawful activity with respect to his 2022 congressional campaign failed to properly disclose required information on statements filed with the House, violated federal conflict of interest laws in connection with his role in a firm providing fiduciary services, engaged in sexual misconduct toward an individual seeking employment in his congressional office, and or fraudulently obtained unemployment insurance benefits. The ISC has contacted approximately 40 witnesses reviewed more than 170,000 pages of documents and authorized 37 subpoenas. The committee's nonpartisan staff and the ISC members have put countless hours into this investigation, which has been a priority for the investigative team and involved a significant amount of the committee's resources. The committee will announce its next course of action in this matter on or before November 17th, 2023. Now, this comes as the House itself is ready to vote on an expulsion motion against the aforementioned uh, Pericles of Long Island or Brazil or Belgium or or. So it, it remains to be seen uh, 
whether or not the uh, the Republican delegation from New York will succeed in getting him thrown the hell out of Congress. If they can actually get that motion to the floor before the Ethics Committee acts on it. Because the New York delegation would very badly like to be shed of that little fraud merchant. Because he's going to be an albatross around their necks if he is still in the Congress in 2024 when November rolls around. Santos, meanwhile, said he is going to run for re-election. That should be interesting. There's already been a guilty plea in his case. His former campaign treasurer entered a guilty plea, saying that, yes, in fact, he worked with George Anthony DeVolder Pericles Santos to commit wire fraud and identity theft. Republican Nick LaLota of New York said last Thursday when, the, when uh, he introduced the resolution, that's basis enough, the guilty plea of the former campaign manager, that's basis enough for an expulsion. You don't get to come here based on lying to all your voters and all your contributors. That is a minimum standard that should be enough, I think, for two-thirds of the House to expel. Now, from the strategery standpoint with this you reckon the you, you reckon the 211 Democrats would join because that just means they only have to have 82 Republicans because they need 292 for two-thirds of the house membership Or would they like to let the Republicans wear George Santos for a while? Strategy is hard. Uh, Christopher in Oregon, Petty Mason. What I'm worried about is while Alina is hobnobbing with the Goebbels gang, who, pray tell, is busy litigating and representing the parking garage? Oh, the humanity. Happy Halloween, Horn family. Have a very scary, spooky time. Oh, yeah. Uh, going back to Dave Roteman of North Dakota, Stan, Wakanda, Billable Rick asks, doesn't Dave Roteman know that Wakanda shares a 10,000-mile-long border with Bonomo? I was, I was actually kind of waiting on the Bonomo reference. Glad you got there, Billable. He should have consulted Nikki Haley before making that comment. And while I was out earlier today, I heard a report on National Petroleum Radio about how Nimrata is gaining ground and consolidating her popularity just in case or something. And I'm sorry, I I can't. I can't help myself every time I hear uh, hear about her uh, making progress. I go back to uh, December 28, 2017, when 
it, the news broke that the morning zoo crew from Moscow 98.8, the vulgar boatman, had convinced the United States ambassador to the UN of the existence of an island nation in the Pacific somewhere off the Vietnamese coast called Bonomo. Wherein Nimrata said to the morning zoo crew, and how they kept from laughing, they must really be pros. Let me start with very much thanking you for the support we received on the boat today. We will never forget it. Of course, she seems to have thus far been successful in getting other people to forget what a dipshit she is. Uh, Moscow Mitch, Kentucky writing man. Christopher says, I'm just on... I'm just on pins and needles awaiting McTurtle's sequel to his bestseller, The Long Game, The Long Stare. Subtitled, The Long Glitch. Uh... Mm-hmm. Uh, Alina Haba, no, Haba, Haba. Stephen New York says, uh, yes, Cohen admitted to lying in another matter. In fact, he said that Trump did not order him to lie. It looks as though they did a good job at discrediting Cohen. Here's what I see. Cohen is not the case. I, I agree. It would. Uh, Steve says there are scores and scores of documents in the case. I looked on the docket sheet. There were nearly 1,600 documents before the trial. As I recall, we are over the liability stage. You are correct. That was decided as a matter of summary judgment. No material issue of law or fact to be decided. This is only about assessing the damage, the disgorgement. Maybe I'm being wishful in my thinking, but I see Cohen as a confirmational witness. And Goran even said he didn't consider Cohen a key witness. Because of this, I'm thinking that all this media hype about Cohen being the or even a key witness... Simply isn't true. Again, Steve says, I know what I want to see happen, so I'm fully aware of my possible bias. However, it occurs to me that even if Cohen were generally not credible, I don't see that being all that damaging. Trump lied. Trump deceived. The court already made that finding. Seriously, raise your legal eyes and parasol and tell me if I'm wrong. You aren't wrong. That's part of the reason that Nitwit Nero is barking and grunting and braying and hooting and squealing and shrieking about, it's in the wrong jurisdiction, it's in the wrong court, and I don't get a jury trial. I should have a jury trial. It needs to be, it should never have been brought by this Democrat loser judge and his clerk who's Chuck Schumer's secret girlfriend. It's diversion. Steve says, Trump's lawyer said in court today that the entire case of the Attorney General relies on this perjurious witness. No, it doesn't. Again, I know my bias, Steve says, but I think that's simply untrue. Am I right here? Yes, you are. Uh, they, I think they could have just as easily not put Mike, Michael Cohen on the stand, but they put him on the stand to inoculate him in advance, because if he had been called by the defense, 
it would have looked much worse as though the Attorney General had something to hide. So put him on there, let him say what he's going to say, and then argue around it. Because, again, there's no jury here. And I think Justice Ngoron, well, he, he, know, he knows what the weather looks like. Uh, Ralph's noting, and when Donnie went on the stand last week, the judge the judge found Donnie not credible, only because he isn't. NBC News with a story. Headline, desperate search for survivors after Gaza refugee camp hit in Israeli airstrike. The name of the place is worth remembering, Jabalia. And the craters are huge. But success, the IDF says, by God, they killed senior Hamas commander Ibrahim Biari, that they say, uh, whom they say was uh, a central planner of the October 7th terror attack. IDF spokesman Daniel Hagari said, Tonight we eliminated the murderous terrorist Ibrahim Biari and said during his assassination, many terrorists were killed, terrorists who stayed with him in Mena and in the underground area of the building. Apparently some 20 homes were destroyed. And I guess this picture of a child being carried out of the rubble was one of the terrorists. People scrambling into and out of the craters trying to find their children. One man named Jabbar with a reporter nearby said, My three kids are gone. My kids. No one is alive. Dr. Atif Al-Khalat, who directs the Indonesian hospital nearby, said uh, at least 400 people were killed. We're still searching for missing persons and carrying out rescue operations from under the rubble in Jabalia. And Mohammed Al-Khatib lives next to the Indonesian hospital. Oh God, he said, the things we found. We found people reducing the wounded and martyred and taking them to the hospital. The problem is that there's no empty spaces in the hospital. The people and the wounded are lying on the floor. But remember, Jerk Deluxe Vance doesn't want any bandages or medicine to get to those hospitals because Hamas might use them. 
There were martyrs on the floor, wounded people on the floor, hundreds of wounded and martyrs. They burnt people while they were in their homes. They destroyed the entire camp, children lying on the floor. They were all dead. And this does not inure to Israel's benefit. I don't think anyone is questioning Israel's right to go after Hamas. But Jabalia was a case of killing a flea with a sledgehammer. Or actually killing a flea with a bunker buster bomb. Um, Israel's national security advisor, Zahi Haegbi, said the end of the war is not close because Hamas must first cease to exist. Terrifying. Horrifying. Then there's Robert Card, the man who basically was ignored until he could go and shoot up a bar and grill in a bowling alley in Lewiston, Maine. Reporting now indicates that he was well known to law enforcement for months. It was in May, May 3rd, that his 18-year-old son and his ex-wife went to a school resource officer in, uh, in Topsom and told the resource officer they were growing concerned about his de- uh, card's deteriorating mental health. At that point in time, a county sheriff's deputy from Sagatahawk uh, County met with the son and the ex-wife on that same May 3rd. The son said that the previous January, this January passed, his dad started saying people around him were saying derogatory things about him. His father would become angry and paranoid, going so far as to accuse his own son of talking about him behind his back. The ex-wife told the deputy on May the 3rd that Her ex-husband had picked up 10 to 15 guns from his brother's home. The deputy then talked to somebody from the Army Reserve Unit in which Card was a member. The sergeant told him that, well, we'll figure out options to get Robert help. And remember, at... Uh, well, he had been consuming right-wing media focused on, well, 
hate and groomers and pedophilia. So when his 3rd Battalion, 304th Infantry Unit of the United States Army uh, Reserve were training in New York on the 15th of July, he accused his uh, other members of his unit of calling him a pedophile, and he shoved one of them and locked himself in his motel room. Next morning, he said, that, oh, I don't want anybody else to talk to me. Uh, a, a, a member of the unit said, I told him no one was talking about him and everyone here was his friend. He told me to leave him alone and he tried to slam the door in my face. That's when the New York State Police showed up and took him to a hospital at West Point for an evaluation. He was at Four Winds Psychiatric Hospital in Katona, New York, a few miles from West Point, for 14 days. The Army said, listen, while he's on duty, nobody give him a gun, okay? And don't let him handle any ammunition. Don't let him get near any live fire activity. And by the way, he is non-deployable. So... Two days later, August the 5th, he went to a place in Auburn, Maine, called Coastal Defense Firearms and picked up a, a suppressor that he'd ordered online. The owner of the shop, Rick LaChapelle, said, Well, the federal government approved the sale, but at the shop they said no. Because Card answered yes on have you ever been adjudicated as a mental defective or have you ever been committed to a mental institution? He said yes, so no, no sale. It was September 15th when a sheriff's deputy went to his house in Bowdoin, Maine, about 10 miles southeast of Lewiston. Bowdoin famous in history for one of its professors a man who went to uh, the Civil War on the Union side and changed his history at the Battle of Little Round Top. The deputy went to Card's home in Bowdoin because his unit had asked for it because one of the soldiers in the, uh, uh, in the unit said he feared that Card was going to snap and commit a mass shooting. That was September 15th, because he was hearing voices again. So the deputy went to the trailer, but he couldn't find him. Then the sheriff's office sent out a statewide alert, trying to find Card, with a warning he was known to be armed and dangerous, and officers should use extreme caution. On September 16th, they went back to the trailer. They could tell he was inside, but nobody answered the door. How does all of this happen? 
Well, on October the 18th, the sheriff's office canceled its statewide alert looking to find Card. And a week later, hell opened up at a bowling alley in Lewiston, Maine. And remember, in Maine, it's totally normal and totally legal to walk around strapped with an AR-15 weapon of war. And if you say anything about it, well, that's his right under the Second Amendment, the Constitution of the United States, the greatest Constitution ever wrote in the history of the universe on Earth, now together forever in the universe under God. Uh, George Anthony DeVolder Pericles Santos, Flavio says, seriously, I'm so sorry. You have nothing to apologize for, Flavio. My family fled the Brazilian dictatorship, 1964 to 1985, when I was 13 in 1979, and I thought this country was wise and safe from the imposters, hucksters, autocrats, until oh, so many to tally from Reagan onward. I don't know if you saw the MSNBC Turning Point documentary, unfelicitous name for a documentary series on MSNBC, about the DeSantis political stunt sending Venezuelan refugees to Martha's Vineyard. Not Santos. Monkey up to Clantis. Turns out some of Martha's Vineyard's permanent residents are expat Brazilians who have been there forever, which I didn't know. So we're not all like George Santos. How embarrassing. Oh, no one is ever exactly like the worst of a demographic, ever. It's kind of the way that a Palestinian suck, uh, child suckling at its mother's breast is not the same as Hamas, but it's really hard to convince some people of that. I had a Brazilian ask me out the other day. Didn't have time. Didn't really want to. The Middle East, Stephen New York says, Biden's stance really pisses me off. That gets about it gets me about as close to possible to not voting for him, but I know the alternative. Frankly, I'm fucking done with Fetterman. If I were a Pennsylvania resident, I wouldn't campaign against him outside of a primary, but I'd never vote for him again. There are some issues that are deal-breakers. The callous disregard of the Palestinian people, as here, is one of them. Not a big fan of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. People absolutely lose their freaking minds over this issue. Uh, somebody projected the fra- uh, three words, glory for, glory to the martyrs, on a college building the other day, and people were screaming, they're praising Hamas! Now, see, anybody who is killed becomes a martyr. It's almost as though people don't understand what martyr means. 
Kind of like the conniption we had over the word jihad. One of the most basic meanings of jihad in Arabic, as I understand it, is that it is an internal spiritual struggle. You know, one could, for, for instance, be engaged in, an, in a jihad within oneself trying to, oh, I don't know, quit smoking, quit drinking. But all it means now, or during, you know, during the reign of error in particular, all it meant was opposition to an American occupation of Iraq. Don't get me started, as ever, do not get me started on neoliberal. Uh, there's an interesting case unfolding in, among our most puissant dread sovereign supreme Catholic majesties. They have taken up the naughty issue of, that's K-N-O-T-T-Y, of when public officials can block users on social media. Uh, they heard arguments, two arguments, two cases today, brought by citizens whom local of, uh, uh, local officials blocked online and said they were denied their First Amendment right to free speech. The officials, on the other hand, said their online pages are their personal property, and by God, they, it's not part of their official duties, and they can block who the hell they want to. It's almost as, you know, these are the, this is a classic case of that ancient maxim that hard cases make bad law. Because however this thing is decided, it's going to be a bad decision. Because if the Supreme Court says, yeah, if you've got a personal page, block away, but you can't block as a, you know, if you've got an official page, well, they'll just not have official pages and block anybody they don't like. Or if they've got official pages, anything that's controversial, they'll put on their personal, and when people come after them for it, they'll say, well, I can just block your ass. And it becomes more important in the age of shitter and the and, and the shits that right wing uh, asshats post, because I'm still nominally there, but it's just a sewer. And so we come back as the program nears its end, as the month of October nears its end. We, we come back to Chaya Ratchik, who is an online extremist who has done untold amounts of harm intentionally. 
and who somehow or another has mysteriously vanished from the extremist list maintained by the Alliance, or I'm sorry, the Anti-Defamation League. And one last thing. From the list of things that I never thought would be a thing, but shouldn't have, Well, here we go. It was only, was it just in yesterday's program that I I, I, uh, recalled the sliming by the George W. Bush campaign of John McCain uh, in South Carolina during the 2000 primary? John McCain's got a black baby! The uh, inference being, of course, that that meant that John McCain, and the child was adopted. But the inference being that John McCain was out there, because this is an argument you make in, yeah, South Carolina. Uh, John McCain's out there uh, 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 committing the miscegenation. Well, it turns out that Mullah Mike Johnson claims to have a black son. This is the exact opposite of the John McCain libel. This is not a libel at all. And some of the slime comes from, of course, the the right wing. At one point in time, someone noticed that Mullah Mike Johnson had given an interview to PBS in 2020. And speaking to Walter Isaacson... He said the, 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 the murder of George Floyd by police was an act of murder and called for, and he said, this calls for systemic change. And then he said this. I learned about racism. Now, bear in mind, this is a guy who grew up in Louisiana. How he had to learn about racism is beyond me. Grew up in Alabama. I knew about racism from about age five on because I remember the day that uh, one of my little friend's daddy, one spring day in 1968, was celebrating the murder of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., saying that he got what was coming to him. God only knows how many times I had heard the word uttered by other people by that time. But the bottom line is that Mullah Mike Johnson claimed to have a black son named Michael. And in the interview, he said that his black son named Michael had a more difficult life than his white son simply because the color of his skin. Michael being a black American and Jack being white Caucasian, they have different challenges. My son Jack has an easier path. He just does. Well, this was something up with which uh, Daily Wire asshat Matt Dysphoria Beard Walsh called a full-fledged endorsement of the left's racial narrative. And Laura Looney, the anti-Muslim failed uh, failed candidate for Congress and uh, self-described proud Islamophobe, said, uh, 
Mike Johnson is an undercover Democrat. Pedro Gonzalez, who is a total um, and paid uh, social media influencer for Monkey Up Declanis, said, Mike Johnson's completely internalized left-wing racial libel about white supremacy and privilege. Said Pedro Gonzalez. But then something interesting happened. Josh Marshall, over at Talk, Talking Point, Points Memo, did some looking around. And he had about as much success finding photographs of Mullah Mike Johnson's black son, Michael, as anyone has had finding Senator Tim Scott's girlfriend. That is to say, none. Mullah Mike Johnson's adopted black son, Michael, also does not appear in Mullah Mike Johnson's official biography. So questions went out to the Mullah, I mean, Speaker's office. And they came back with this. Uh, This is from Corinne Day, uh, Mullah Mike's comms uh, director. Corinne said, When Speaker Johnson first ran for Congress in 2016, he and his wife Kelly spoke to their son Michael, who they took in as newlyweds when Michael was 14 years old. At the time of the Speaker's election to Congress, Michael was an adult with a family of his own. He asked not to be involved in their new public life. But uh, Mullah Mike maintains a close relationship with Michael to this day. And upon further questions from Newsweek, Corinne said, Well, um... No, I mean, they never actually adopted, adopted, Michael, because of the lengthy process. But that has not stopped Mullah Mike Johnson from trotting out his adopted son, whom they didn't adopt, whenever it comes in handy. So it was 2019 at a subcommittee hearing of the House Judiciary Committee. Back then, of course, the House was still in Democratic hands, and they were looking at a resolution to establish a commission to examine possible reparations proposals. In other words, they were not going to do anything, but they were going to look like they were moving toward considering possibly thinking about uh, pondering something. And at that point in time, Mullah Mike said, well, I asked my, my, my adopted black son about, about what he thought of reparations for slavery, and, well, my adopted black son said he, he, he wasn't for it. And now, uh, now, first there was the PBS interview with Walter Isaacson, 
where he said, you know, my son's just had different experiences. And then there was the sit-down with the life support system for a haircut, the dumbest man in political talk, Sean the Hannity job, where he said, uh, I'm not so sure it was all about skin color with my sons, but it is about culture and society. Michael, our first, came from a really troubled background and had a lot of challenges. Anything is possible in America, including a newly elected Speaker of the House inviting or or inventing an adoption that never happened. Uh, He and and Kelly, who spends a lot of her time on her knees in prayer, Well, they they adopted Michael, whom incidentally uh, Mullah Mike will not tell whether or not he actually shares the same last name. Of course not. And Michael doesn't want anything to do with all of this carrying on. Maybe Michael's finally figured out who his... Adopted daddy uh, really is. And I don't mean that in a good way. But, like I said, anything can happen in America, including Republicans who, you know, don't have, it's, it's not one of those, well, I have a black friend moments. It's more of, a, it's, well, I have an adopted black son. Well, would you introduce him to him? No, 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 you can't see him. Uh, would you tell us his name? No, won't, won't tell you that either. Uh, that's, that's a secret. And so that's it. Happy Halloween. Thanks for putting up with the little prank earlier at the beginning of the program. Sorry we had a preemptive uh, preemptive prayer meeting, but no, didn't want the stories to get stale. I guess that means we won't have prayer meeting Wednesday tomorrow. And some people will be very, very glad. And I had a I had an email and and, and I you know, this has been a three hour filler robster, so it has been a little less than uh, easy to uh, process stuff. Uh, Philip, if you're still listening, I read your email, and I can't quite make horse sense of it. If you would like to elaborate on it, please feel free. So, anyway... I did the thank you for our Patreon members yesterday. And so we close out the month of October. 1,667 dollars unfunded. So that's basically a week and a day. 
well, uh, a week and $167 of a day. Brand new month starts tomorrow. And uh, I can never thank you enough for keeping this little program on the air. It's pretty amazing, pretty inspiring, really. 18 years, 20 in total come February. Thanks to our Patreon subscribers, our PayPal subscribers. Um, and by the way, Sue, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you're going through health challenges. I got your email, and I thank you support. I thank you for your support for so long, and I hope you. I hope you recover quickly, and fully. Thanks to our a la carte contributors. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Hope you get your Internet miseries sorted out, Brother Bishop Steve and Georgia Stan. I have a mental image of Internet cable running through the rolled-down windows of a 1973 Vega that's up on blocks in your yard or somebody's yard. That's an inside joke. Thanks to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Head on live. Remember, please, please, please like and subscribe to the podcast. Like every podcast and subscribe on multiple platforms so that when one of them goes, uh, goes booger, you can say that on Internet radio, booger, uh, you'll make sure uh, to know that the program has, in fact, gone up. Leave a comment for the algorithms. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Please uh, get your booster. Uh, Brendan, I know you're not feeling good, but you will feel better, and you'll be the better for having gotten your booster. Get your RSV vaccine, get your flu shot. Wear your mask if you're around groups of five or more, especially if they're, any of them are maggots because, well, you know how they are. Don't care about anybody but themselves and don't much care about themselves for that matter. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance to the best of your abilities. And if the new Speaker of the House comes walking toward you saying, talking about how, well, you know, I understand uh, race better because uh, I've got an adopted black son I never adopted, avoid Mullah Mike like the plague because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later. <laughs>